Welcome to Anthropology of Girlhood, a girlhood podcast about befriending woodland animals. I'm Alexa Ray Hack. I'm a comedian and storyteller, and I use she, they pronouns. My name is Micah Silver, and I'm an elementary educator, and I use they, them pronouns. This week is a second anthology piece. We're looking at the early princesses of, from Disney. So we're looking at uh, Snow White, Cinderella, Alice in Wonderland, just for some color, and Sleeping Beauty. Um, you know, we're looking, it's the start of an era, and the real getting to the finally getting a little bit into actual girlhood for the first time on this podcast yeah. feels like uh you can follow us on twitter for now at anthro267 please leave a review and rate us on apple Podcasts. it helps tremendously and as always thank you and enjoy It's just so it's so hard to talk about these early, especially these early Disney movies, but the princess movies in particular, because there's just so little here. They're the same plot. So little meat on the bone, and it's so clear, right? Like you said, that they're just iterating on one story, and they're just like. With slight improvements every time. I was going to say, two of these have sleeping curses. Like, right. Two it's, out of the four have sleeping curses. Oh, d- uh, can I, can I, actually, I made a list. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, Sleeping Beauty is just like all of these combined. Sleeping Beauty is like the apotheosis of all of the Disney, the early Disney princesses. Because I started making a list because there were so many similarities between Sleeping Beauty and one or both of the previous Disney princess movies. Sorry, Alice. You're, you're only on this list by technicality. <laughs> uh, list of things from Sleeping Beauty that are straight up rips from earlier Disney films. A small henchman creature inspired by something from Tolkien. A magical helper old woman. Uh, uh, yeah, fairy, fairy godmother. godmother. The, uh, an evil witch villain. With a bird sidekick. With a crow sidekick. Magical cleaning. Yes. Also from Fantasia. Sleeping curse. That's it. That's all the things I have. But it's like, that's a lot. That's all the elements of this movie. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Sleeping Beauty is like, also like, I think Sleeping Beauty is out of these group is like the first like movie. Right. The other ones feel like shorts that they beefed up. Yeah. They still feel like. They they feel anthology ish like Cinderella is better than Snow White. Snow White definitely feels like yeah. anthology ish, uh, like an anthology, and like feels like it belonged more with our original with our early era group. Yeah, given it was the first one right. and like there set it set the standard for totally. it. But Cinderella at least has like a through plot. It's not great, totally. but there is a but through plot. Something. And then you get by the time you get to Sleeping Beauty, there's actually a through plot there's characterization there's like personality in there's the characters. driving like action, action throughout yeah. the whole thing there's not like big lull chunks where no. we do nothing no there's like the like look how pretty our animation is is like 30 seconds versus like five right. minutes right and there's like that one little cleaning montage where right. we do like a fun like oh look at the cool magic stuff we can We're- do and then but there's back to the plot. Right. And like even that one has like it's driving something in the plot and like because they're doing magic, you get spotted by the villain. Like there's a purpose to that like right. magic nonsense. Yeah. Which like you don't you don't have that in the other movies. Yeah, no. 
anyway, so let's just take these in order, I think, is the way yeah, to do it. Yeah, go chronologically. Because um, Snow White is, like, it's sort of, yeah, it's like a proto-movie. It's yeah. like a, a fetus of a movie, right? It's like, it I just, like, I just always want to, like, stop down and appreciate. This was made in 37. Yeah. Like, the animation still holds up. I know it's been remastered and shit, but, yeah. like... They started making animated movies in 1937. Yeah. We said this last week also, but all talking movies have not been around for that long. No. No, the idea of syncing a track, like a soundtrack, didn't, yeah. <laughs> syncing a soundtrack and a video track at the same time is like a relatively new idea. And now we're fully hand animating the visual track on see-through cells yeah and and lining it up with sound yeah like, that's insane truly insane absolutely insane of a, a, a ma- feat of magic absolutely truly. absolutely uh anyway i just like as much as like it is like not really a movie like it is fucking revolutionary as like yeah film history totally and like i will always hold it'll always hold the place in my heart for that totally it's really funny to me i i feel like in these early disney movies you really get the idea that like the hobbit had a real impact on people yeah like there's so much hobbit like the hobbit dna yeah there's a lot of tolkien there's a lot of tolkien elements and like there's a a dwarves cleaning scene that is straight up the from one of the first chapters in The Hobbit. Like <laughs> really? It's straight up a lift. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. And then in, in Sleeping Beauty, it comes back because the like evil hench people, hench people are goblins. Yeah. And they look just like Tolkien goblins. They look exactly like the Rankin and Bass goblins yeah. that are going to show up in the animated... Uh, Lord of the Rings movies in the 70s. Yeah, they do. In about 10 years. They absolutely do. It's so weird. It's so, yeah. The Hobbit was huge. Yeah. It was a phenomenon at the time. And I like the fact that like still has like such a hold on On fantasy. fantasy. And even though, and like I forget because of how big it is now, I forget like how new and original and like revolutionary it was and how it like leached into everything. Totally. So yeah, that's even really cool. like you don't think of Disney or like the the man or the company as being like particularly interested in like whatever popular fantasy series, but no. like The Hobbit was so huge that it like everyone read it and it infected like every part of culture. That's fun. That's so, isn't it cool how that happens? Right. Isn't that fascinating? So fascinating. Anyway, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. <laughs> I fucking hate it. I hate dwarfs. It's dwarves. I don't want to say dwarfs. It's dwarves. It's dwarves. The dwarves. It's so pretty. All of these early animations are so fucking pretty. They're very pretty. And like the art, the like painstakingly, the painstaking time that went into making all of these frames look like pieces of art is incredible. Yeah. And the water in. Sleeping Beauty is amazing. Yeah. Like, it actually looks like water. Totally. And, which I was not expecting. And then, yeah, the fact that, like, 
I don't know, just the incredible skill of these men, and they were all men, and Walt Disney was very clear about not ever hiring any women in yep. Disney animation. I want to point that out. To be like just drawing and redrawing and redrawing these characters and like over and over and over again. It just seems incredible to me. It's such like hand animation is, I mean, animation as a f- genre and as an art form is fucking incredible and it's like one of those things that i like never been able to wrap my head around even though like i've tried and like it's just one of those art styles i can't figure out yeah but like the work and the artistry that goes into it and i'm really excited when we talk about leica films about the stop motion aspects as well is fucking phenomenal it's and like the stupendous and the revolutions that come with upping its game every yeah. and like all of the like the like improvised um engineering that goes into like how do we make this easier how do like all the computer programming that gets invented when right. Disney comes up with new hair and shit right. and like, it's just it, yeah exactly it's just incredible but this Snow White is our first case of if I'm pretty enough and sing, boys will like me. <laughs> That's true, yeah. Also, all the Disney princesses talk to animals. Uh, yeah, and animals talk back to them. It's their superpower. Why? Because they're so kind and gentle. Is that... What I'm saying is, are these movies setting an unrealistic unrealistic expectation of femininity that all femmes can speak with small woodland creatures because honestly this gives me gender dysphoria that I cannot speak to small woodland creatures you speak to crows they don't talk back the ones here don't talk back it makes me <laughs> no yeah no uh, a bunch of animals don't help me clean my apartment. That's no, some bullshit. They don't make dresses for me. No. They don't, you know. Also, how'd those mice know her measurements? Those those mice know a lot. Yeah. The mice in Cinderella are terrifying. <laughs> like in a not in a like a oh my god, they're scary, like oh my god, they know so much. Oh my god, they're so organized. They're and so, they know so much. Oh, it's we're in trouble if Let's they... make sure they never will start working together. They'll overthrow the government. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> they're way too capable scary. Yeah. Which is funny, like the mice in Cinderella are more capable than the three fairy godmothers <laughs> in Sleeping Beauty. <laughs> they do a better job making a dress than three fairies but the fairies aren't using magic that's true yeah it's the whole point uh but yeah uh i don't know the woodland creature i do know uh fun fact that the same woman does all of the bird noises for all of these movies holy shit i never really wrapped my brain around the idea that like there's a person making all these bird noises yeah that's incredible. Isn't it? Um, but yeah, I can't talk to woodland creatures and I never could talk to woodland creatures. Yeah, it makes me mad. It makes me real mad. I want that. That was always a superpower I wanted. Yeah. That and like the high this high soprano singing voice. God, I was I have a note about that too. This old su- singing style is where it's like very heady yeah. and there's like tons of vibrato like every yeah. note is vibrato it makes like, my head makes spin. my yeah makes me like seasick it's like i don't this is uncomfortable i don't like this anymore this is bad i'm glad we stopped doing this I'm glad we don't do this anymore <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, I feel like Snow White is like there's almost nothing to talk about. Like it's yeah. Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty, and and then Alice is kind of a separate conversation. We do need to talk about because this is also the first time we start looking at villain noses. Oh, noses! That's what we got to talk about—the noses. This is going to be through all of the movies because this is just the thing that Disney does and has always been. But like, all of his villains tend to be Jew coded. Yeah, they have big hooked noses, dark hair, like dark features. Yep, uh, and like. If you go through and you look at the Disney princesses and the main leads, they don't have noses. Yes. Yeah, Snow, they have, they Snow have, White has less nose than Voldemort. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. she has two, she has nostrils in a flat face. Yeah. And when she turns to the side, she has like a, a, an open parenthesis yeah. of a nose. Like It's nothing. It's nothing. And like it's gotten a little bit better with, 3D animation. Yeah. But, but now they just have these like tiny, tiny little button noses yeah. that just like they have no bridge. There's no width. No. It's just like the little tip of their nose just boop, like a big <laughs> pimple sticking out of their face. Yeah. Which like is super It's weird. weird. And racist. So racist. Like there's this weird thing about white people and their and our like thin tiny noses and this is gonna sound really strange but like so i work in like a a medical mannequin factory right so i make a lot of like throats and mouths and noses i cast noses all the time and let me tell you like so we have different models of nose for like different like you know yeah types of people let me tell you how fucking weird and alien white people noses look when you compare them to like other noses. It's truly upsetting how like thin and pointy they are. They look like they should be attached to an alien. It's not good. No. They they look weird. Yes. I don't know why, but I I don't know there's just like this weird thing like it was a trend for like decades of like uh, young rich women like getting nose jobs right, to make I remember. their nose like thinner and smaller. Yeah, and it's just it's the same reason white women like straighten their hair, right? It's just right. to look as not black as possible, right? Like that's always the idea is just to look anything that doesn't look like it has you know right. color in it at all. Like that's yeah. the idea. Yeah, it's terrifying and it's gross and like. We all know that Disney was a horrible person and super racist. And yeah, gonna like and especially uh, anti-Semitic. Uh, yeah, especially anti-Semitic. So like, it's always going to be a conversation and be like, "Did you see the anti-Semitism in this year's?" Yeah, it, it's just like it's bullshit. And like, you know, uh, we'll talk about it really when we get to when we get to Tangled. But fucking Mother Gothel is yeah. one of the worst uh-huh. and is absolutely terrible and. I mean, the old, ha- like, witches' noses have always been yeah. coded as Jew noses and, right. like, have been, witches have been coded as Jews for a very long time. But, like, 
Especially because a lot of these villains, like, they want to steal the child or they want to yeah. kill the child or they want to, like, steal her beauty or something. It's yeah. like all of those are, like, old, 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 old. anti-Semitic tropes. Yeah. Yeah. The, like, stealing your child thing is a big one. Snow White is has a great example of uh, misogyny and how men can't take care of themselves and need a woman to do it. Yeah. Because, like... The dwarfs need a child to come and clean for them because a young they, girl child, right? Because they've never cleaned before, before and like they don't wash their hands, and yeah. men are gross and savage, and they need a woman to tame them. Yeah, it's weird. It's not good. Yeah, it's not good. There's a lot of like little little misogyny jabs in here. Yeah, because like until I would say. Uh, probably, I guess Mulan, but like not really until Princess and the Frog do we have the princesses taking charge of their own story and like being active in their story. Right. Not just being like a prize. Right. Yeah. Because all of these are, oh, you're too pretty and need to be shoved away and yeah. because all your worth is in your beauty. Right. Ain't that fun. Yeah. And also like, Oh, I have this thing about how all these movies, it feels intentional the way they pit women against each other. Oh, absolutely. And notably, like, every one of these villains is, like, an evil stepmother or just another woman who is evil. Yep. And the main character has to, like, struggle against another woman. Yep. But, of course, it can never be an actual parent because we can't even mention the idea that a kid might disrespect their parent. That's unthinkable. That's absolutely unthinkable. So we have to, it has to be like a step parent because that doesn't count for some reason. Sorry, step parents. I guess you're not real or just like some other, like, I don't know. We, I don't think we ever get like what Maleficent's like deal. She's just, she's just an evil witch who is evil sort of, for its own sake, I don't really know. I don't really know. She's also the prettiest villain we have so far. Yeah, although she does turn into a, a dragon, dragon at one point. So I don't, I don't know how I feel about it because, like, she's also the most capable. Yeah, which feels weird. Feels weird. Feels like maybe capability is also tied to attractiveness. Yeah, which is icky. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Cinderella. <laughs> yeah, anyway, Cinderella. Uh I I don't remember the beginning of the prologue being so blunt and having them straight up say Cinderella was abused. Yeah. Like that caught me. I was like, "Oh, oh we're saying they're straight up acknowledging like, it. That's good. That's cool. They're doing Great. the podcast for us." Right. Like, <laughs> "Oh, cool. We can like we don't have to like talk about how this was alluded. This straight up just says it. Yeah. Uh, that was real helpful. And like, of course she was. She. Yeah. Super abused. Yeah. Uh, but fuck, do I love her clothing? She probably has out of the three princesses. I think Cinderella has my favorite dresses. That's true. She does have a great dress. Oh man. The scene where, she like comes downstairs in her nice new dress that the uh, that the mice made for yeah. her, and then her sisters like shred, shred it. it. I like 
what traumatized me and it didn't even happen I to know. me. I was like, this poor girl has PTSD oh, forever. Absolutely. Like that's so horrifying. Not only to have somebody like ruin a thing that you care about so much. But to much, rip at your clothing. But to literally rip at your clothing like that is that, a nightmare. Like I, mm, no thank you. Yeah. Absolutely no thank you. And like, I just, yeah. Um, I love Lucifer. I think Lucifer is great. The cat. Uh, yeah. He's just got, like, I love all the the music tied to Lucifer. The orchestration in Cinderella is incredible. Yeah. Um, uh, like as for what it's lacking in plot, Cinderella makes up for an orchestration and art. Totally. Like it's an absolutely stunning movie. Yeah. And like the artwork is incredible and the colorization is incredible. And the music, the music stings through for like the movement and like all of it is incredible. Yeah. And it like really, it's like a real piece of artwork that I think it's, and it still holds up. Like it's like, it's still great animation. It's still like everything works. Yeah. Which is really impressive. Um, But I loved all of like Lucifer's little stings as he's like during his hijinks and shit. Yeah. And like all of the little violin stings of the mice running around. Yeah. The little cat and mouse stuff. Yeah. is kind of fun. Although, yeah, again, it's more that like each one of these movies has to have a bunch of just like time wasting shenanigans. Yeah. Cause there's no plot. And I do think also I've been thinking about this since we did the last episode. Um, that I do think it is a little bit sort of pandering to the idea of like what people at that time expected out of an animated movie. That's fair. Right? I yeah. think people might have expected I don't I'm not gonna like time check like if this is like chronologically accurate, but like I think people expected more Tom and Jerry yeah. than they expected the Princess and the Frog. Yeah. Right? Like they were People went to animate, go to animation in this time for like, you know, goof them ups yeah. with like cool orchestral yeah. backgrounds. Animation is not it, seen as like a story heavy uh, media. P- media. Yeah, it's, it's seen still, as like a spectacle heavy right. medium. It's, it's pure escapism of like, look how pretty we can make things yeah. and like visual puns and shit like that and not so, so much I, the storytelling. I almost feel like Sleeping Beauty is a little bit revolutionary in that aspect where it's like no we're just gonna make like a beautiful movie and the fact that it's beautiful will have to be like the animation thing about it because otherwise it's just like a straight up like adventure movie like sleeping beauty is just like it's a fantasy adventure film right that happens to be animated in a really beautiful style yes there's not too much like Animation nonsense. Goof them ups. Yeah. Cat and mouse games. No. Dwarves singing songs. Yeah. Bullshit. Yeah. It's it's an actual story. Yeah. I think all I have left is like, oh, we have to talk about Alice in Wonderland. We do have to talk about we Alice in Wonderland. We have not talked about Alice in Wonderland at all. Yeah. So Alice is kind of its own thing, but it also didn't fit with the no. other stuff. So she kind of gets lumped in here. Yeah. So. I did not like Alice in Wonderland as a kid. Like, yeah. and I and I think it's the autism. Yeah, because it's like kind of like it's nonsense. goofy and random. It's so goofy and random that makes no like linear sense. And it just like 
drives me crazy. Yeah. But like coming back as adult, I'm like, oh, this is just really cool animation. Like it's funny and cute and like there is no plot, but like I know there's no plot it now. So like yeah. I can be prepared for it. I think it going back to this, it really makes sense to me now how popular this movie was with the like early 2000s hot topic yeah like invader zim lol random yes. rar crowd oh i know that crowd very you know well what i mean oh yes uh it, it's because it's totally like a lol random yeah. movie yeah i mean you know the whole the story is meant to be like kind of nonsensical yeah and, like, I think it's a really good, like, kind of going back to Peter Pan, it's a good representation of, like, childhood nonsensical exactly. things. And, like, how kids' brains just make shit up. Right. And, like, you know, all of the, like, nonsense that is being a child. And I think it's yeah. brilliant to, like, have, like, Alice is so down for everything. Like, yeah. she keeps just going and going. And it's just, like, goes with it, which is amazing and I absolutely love. Um, also, like... Alice definitely has ADHD. Oh, Alice right? is so ADHD. She's also bipolar. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, she does have big swingy moods. Yeah, she does. But like she she gets so focused on this fucking oh rabbit. So focused. That she wanders through an entire magical world and almost gets killed. And she doesn't even like stop to talk to anyone along you know she's yeah. not even like enjoying it she's just like no i'm focused on this thing you have to leave me alone i am Where following the this rabbit the rabbit <laughs> do not get between me and this rabbit i never noticed how red the rabbit's eyes are throughout the entire movie oh i mean also like it's pretty clear this movie is also like a, a drug allegory oh, so clear right like i feel in, like that's also why i understand the movie better i'm like oh i've done drugs now i get right. this yeah now as an adult you're like oh i too have had an acid trip i am familiar with i know all these characters yep, exactly. <laughs> yeah it's in the same way that it like i don't know i think drugs and dreams can often have like a very similar yeah kind of vibe because they'll just bring things up randomly that you weren't thinking about and yeah. just invent whole scenes out of whole cloth yeah yeah so this movie could equally be read as drug trip or dream yeah whichever you prefer i think it depends on your age yeah <laughs> exactly and your experience yeah um i love that you can tell that the queen of heart is the villain because she's fat and has a nose yeah yikes it's the only fat character anywhere oh i guess yep. tweedledum and tweedledee right yeah who are both autistic Definitely. Oh yeah, I didn't think about that. The Queen of Hearts as a I, the Queen of Hearts and the King of Hearts are T for T relationship. Oh yeah, we got our short king. Yeah, he's with a the high short voice. king, and she's a giant. Oh, I love that. Right, right. Uh, to make this movie watchable for me, I just played how queer is this character throughout the entire that's a thing. Fun, that's a fun game. Uh, Do you want to give some highlights? Are I was going to say, surprising no one, Wonderland is very queer. <laughs> um, okay, what were some of the highlights? The, what about the cat, the smoking caterpillar? Uh, the smoking caterpillar is a pretentious art gay who's just like always chimney smoking. Okay. Uh, probably a white boy with dreads. I'm Oh, yeah. You know, like that vibe. Totally. Uh, the dodo is a predatory gay man from who like is the top of his polycule c controlling everything. Uh, let me think. Let me think. What else was there? <laughs> the Cheshire Cat is a 
chaotic by. <laughs> well, Th- those are the highlights. I I don't I don't know enough about this to be the one to write this, but I feel like a person could write a dissertation on the use of different regional English accents throughout this movie. Did oh, you notice? Oh, absolutely. There's so Alice many. Alice has this like very proper like Queen's Oxford English. Yeah. And then as she goes, like she meets people who have like increasingly weird, like Tweedledum and Tweedledee have kind of like a London adjacent kind of Cockney accent. And then as she goes, like the caterpillar kind of has a scouse thing. Right. And then the, like the cards, they have like kind of an even more North, like kind of a York thing. And I, I don't know. I don't know enough about all this to be the one to write this paper, but I think I would like to read it. Please someone forward me that paper. Yes. I would definitely read that paper. I think Prince Philip is my favorite prince because he's the only one with a personality. That's true. He definitely is. Like, we actually have a voice actor for this prince. <laughs> yeah. He's got some really great lines and, like, actually has, like, a driving force and a personality behind right. him. Right. That's not just, like, I'm going to get married. Right. It's, like, yeah. you know, like, has a confrontation with his father about, like, chasing his own heart and yeah. shit. Um, and I think it's just, like, he's got some really great lines, like, one of my favorites is like he's talking to his dad it's like you're in, you're thinking about the past it's the 14th century <laughs> i like, do love that that's a great line and but yeah overall i just really like philip as a prince and i think even after this we don't really get a prince with a personality for a while yeah um which i think as like i know a lot of these movies were pandering to a female uh a female audience, but like the fact that like the lack of masculine representation, I think, and like yeah. how one dimensional a lot of the masculine characters in Disney movies are yeah. tend to do a disservice to our masculine audience. Totally. That being said, I love the King in this movie. Yeah. King Stefan is fucking incredible. Like yeah. he goes out of his way to defend his daughter to be like, we don't know that she wants to get married. She's, I haven't seen her in 16 years. Yeah. Calm the fuck down. Right. I love that. And you know, it's just like, actually taking the time to like make sure that his daughter is getting the choice to do something for once, which is super like non-existent, you know? Um, and just like overall such a really cool dad. Yeah. But of course the queen doesn't have a name. Of course. Because she doesn't matter. No, because moms don't matter. matter. Yeah. Yeah. Those are my thoughts. Oh, (laughs) I just have, let's do a lightning round. I, I, think that it's a little i mean maybe i'm reading too much into this but i think alice in wonderland does point to kind of a treatment of young girls and women as kind of like flighty and full of like nonsense yeah and i think it might just be an attempt to shame them into taking on more responsibility than their male peers yep so that that their male peers can not have any responsibility that checks out that that seems legit that seems like an actual thing it just felt weird the way her mom was like lecturing i guess that's her mom or her sister or or something tutor i don't know it's not really explained i guess i assumed it's just like lecturing her about like you know paying attention paying attention and it's like she's a little girl like of course her mind's gonna wander like feels weird it does feel weird um i think the when Snow White runs into the forest and like everything turns into monsters, I think is a great depiction of a panic attack. 
Oh yeah, because like we see everything go back to like normal forest as she calms down totally. and like, but like as she gets more and more scared, like everything is out to get her. And yeah. I think that was like for like a movie made in 1937. I'm like, oh, I know this feeling. That's, a, that's exactly yeah. That's a great depiction of that. So the thing about these th- first three Disney movies that I'm mad that we don't do anymore is how they open with the storybooks. Yeah. Because all three of them start with like a prologue and some gorgeous book page art. Yeah. And then you get into like the story and the animation and the books themselves are gorgeous. And I'm really mad that we didn't do that anymore. And I, yeah, (laughs) I just like really want to acknowledge the the crew, probably a secondary crew. They probably never even met the real crew who like designed this room with a stand and a book on it and you know totally like production design the cover of this right. book just for five seconds of push in at the beginning and five, five. seconds of pull out at the end <laughs> i appreciate your hard work we appreciate your hard work in building a prop that was used for a total of 10 seconds of film time um, I think one of my favorite pieces of animation is in Cinderella and is the pumpkin transformation. Oh, yeah. I think just like how we watch the pumpkin grow, like at pumpkins actually grow, is just like such a good little yeah. spin. And it just makes me really happy. There's a line in Cinderella where one of the mice says, uh, they're like singing their song about like doing all this stuff. And he says, uh, leave the sewing to the women, which is, again, just like one of those little beep, beep. misogyny digs that reminds you that like even though these stories are about women we do still hate them don't forget we We do do still hate women speaking of lines and pokes at misogyny in sleeping beauty well the fairy godmothers are trying to make a dress and cake for her meriwether the blue one who's being the dress form looks down at the dress and is like it looks awful which flora responds it's because it's on you dear yeah which like trouble ouch ouch but two do we really need to like pit people against each other and against their body like this? Yeah, right. Kind of cool little thing that I never noticed. Uh, Maleficent uses her staff as a mobility device. Oh yeah, she actually, I never noticed. She like actually uses it to stand up and like needs to use it to walk. It's not just like a prop like Jafar's staff. No, it's like an actual mobility device. The tiny waists on the women and especially the young women like our main characters in these movies is crazy and i feel like it gets worse like snow white is almost proportioned like a real human being yes and then by the time you get to aurora in sleeping beauty but also like she has like a 14 inch waist she is and it's remember it's the 50s so like that's the style yeah i guess it's like it's tiny the, like, waist tiny tiny waist and everyone's on meth so they don't gain weight yeah, and all of that like shit really it's terrifying i guess it is i never noticed before but you can totally track the like beauty standard a little bit as it goes from like the 30s and the you know the late 30s through the 50s and yeah. the late 50s in the terms of like how the protagonists look yeah right like uh, I don't even know what her actual name is in Snow White is Snow White her name Snow White is her actual name Snow White has that kind of like pale, dewy, yeah. like she has dark hair. A little bit rounder face. Like a, yeah, that like round face. And then they get sort of like more angular yeah. and like slimmer as they go. Yeah. It's just interesting. It is very interesting. 
also there's a line in Sleeping Beauty where Aurora says, Why do they still treat me like I'm a child? And I wrote, said every sixteen year old on the planet. Okay. But in what world does that person look like in what world does Aurora look like a sixteen year old? Not at all. She is she looks, nineteen at best. Yeah. She looks twenty five. Yeah. Like that no sixteen year old looks like sixteen year old looks like. I forget how young the Disney princesses are. And then they'll say lines like, I'm 16 years old. And I'm like, what? What? It's so funny that even in animation, we can't like, I've always heard the argument for casting adults as like teenagers is that like, it's easier to work with adults because of child labor laws and stuff, which is fair. But like, even in animation, like in 1959, we're drawing a 16 year old girl, like a 30 year old woman. Right, because... Just with a small, like, with a tiny waist. That's not how children work. That's not how children work. 16-year-olds are awkward. They have weird proportions and, like, acne and, like, they're weird and greasy. Like... Let the... Like, stop projecting adult beauty standards on on teenagers. Right, it just gives kids, like, a terrible body image from jump. Yeah. From birth. Yeah. Yeah. The like, I think especially like with these princess movies is like these early ones, it's the fact that it's all about how beautiful you are to get noticed and like that your value is based on your beauty and fairness is absolute bullshit. Yeah. And like, it's like not a message we should be driving into the 